Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Bayheim's Army and a recap of ACC kickoff. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is General Manager of Bayheim's Army, Kevin Belby. Kevin, thanks for coming back on the program. Anytime, Wes. Thanks for having me. Sure, and you know, Kevin, I want to get you started on this one. Obviously, a disappointing result in the basketball tournament, but how much fun was it for you to put this team together and watch them compete? Man, it was an absolute blast. I mean, I think I talked about it like last time on the show. Uh, you know, it, it's a fun kind of water cooler uh, discussion. You know, who would you put on your all-time Syracuse team? And I kind of had the opportunity you know, to make that dream a reality. You know, putting these guys back together. Uh, and wearing orange again. So it was a lot of fun, um, you know, to kind of construct the team and then seeing the guys out there, uh, you know, playing and playing together and playing well. And then also to have just such great support, both, you know, via uh, like social media, but also like a lot of Syracuse fans coming out to Philadelphia and all the way out to Chicago. It was really special, not just for me, but for the guys. Uh, I know that they love having Orange on again and having uh, all the Syracuse support and feeling that love again, uh, that meant a lot to them. Now, I think the big question on everyone's mind now is, is this team going to come back in 2016 and compete for another million dollars? Hopefully we can come back and win it next year. I think that's the plan. (laughs) I know everybody had a really great time. I mean, obviously we played well and stuff, but you know, there's just kind of a, a brotherhood that goes along with those guys having all played at Syracuse. I mean, a lot of those guys didn't play together, and they still, you know, immediately when seeing each other, it's like, you know, they're they're part of a little fraternity. And I know that they had a great time. You know, competing for a million dollars was great, but they had a great time being together and being around each other. So I think it would be very easy and um, wouldn't be as difficult um, to, as it was this year to get guys first interested, uh, to bring everybody back. For a second go-around, uh, I think that they would really enjoy that. Now, you just talked about the enthusiasm you received from Syracuse fans, but what about within that brotherhood, you know, guys that either couldn't make the team or even Jim Beheim himself? Did, did any of them reach out to you guys and, and kind of give you a pep talk or just talk to you about the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, we, it was, we had a couple of former Syracuse guys come out, which was really cool. I mean, Pearl-Washington – was there in Philadelphia, and he came to watch our game. So that was really – and he actually kind of volunteered assistant and coached a little bit. Um, so that was cool. Um, and then out in Chicago, Ryan Blackwell was visiting some family out there. 
he came and visited and, and watched the games and everything, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, Coach Bayheim and uh, you know his wife Julie were supporting us, you know, every step of the way, and we're really excited. Uh, I was hoping that you know we could make it to New York, uh, which you know this weekend for the Final Four and the championship, and maybe Coach could could come down because uh, you know July is the busiest time of the month really for recruiting. I know they've been all over the place. But, um, you know, he he was watching and, like, reading the, the updates on his phone, and uh, it was it was great um, for, for the guys to kind of have the support of uh, the coach throughout this process. What's amazing in what you just said, I mean, awesome stuff, but Coach Beheim has a phone, and he was following, presumably, on Twitter, so... Exactly. Oh, or, I, 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 that that right. was my yeah, I think more anything was, else. I, I'm assuming one of the kids set him up with that or something. I, I think he was reading the... Uh, Updates on Syracuse.com or something like that. Uh, I, I don't think he was on Twitter, uh, <laughs> although he does have a Twitter account, I guess. Uh, so it's possible. It's possible. Uh, you know, I, I know that anyone listening to this will be excited that there's at least talks about uh, putting together a 2016 team. Is there anyone on that team that kind of said right away, "Hey, listen, whatever you need, if we're back next year, I'm definitely in." Do you have any commitments for that 2016 team? Uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about it right after the loss. I know it was kind of tough for guys. But, again, I know that everybody had such a great time uh, being together. Um, you know, by Muscato, one person who already has, you know, said, you know, I definitely want to do this next year. I didn't ask too many of the guys yet. Just kind of, I know they're still sulking a bit about the loss probably. But, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later we can have a discussion about next year. I mean, it was, it was about a year ago that I kind of start putting this team together. I mean, because Hakeem Warwick had played in it last year, his team lost. And right after that, I kind of had the idea to, hey, why don't we do a Syracuse thing? So he was the first person I reached out to. So And he said, yes, you know, I would be down for a Syracuse team. So it took almost a whole year to get to, you know, last weekend where we were in Chicago and, you know, just had a nail-biter loss. So, you know, I, I imagine it'll be the same way. You know, it'll be almost a year process to put this team together and, Get commitments from guys, but it'll, it should be a lot easier this year, you know, with guys having gone through it. It's not as much of a fantasy anymore, uh, saying, you know, come play for a million dollars because these guys did it and they, uh-huh. saw, it and they saw that it's real. Um, so, like I said, hopefully, I don't think it'll be too too difficult. Kevin, I'll get you out of here on this one. I know that players have contracts and they have commitments, but if you could add any player that you weren't able to add this year just because of commitments, uh, who do you think that would have would have been? That's got to be Carmelo Anthony, right? I mean, <laughs> he would be a great member of Bayhan's Army. Uh, you know, he brought SU the championship. Maybe he could bring us a TVT championship. But uh, maybe a little more realistic. I mean, well, you know, we, we all actually, you know, had reached out to Wes Johnson West Johnson, because I knew that he was a free agent. Um, and, you know, it would be awesome. I mean, you know, he would be an incredible player for this type of tournament. You know, he was still kind of rehabbing a little bit and then just signed a one-year deal again with the Clippers. Um, so, you know, it would be awesome to have West. Also, you know, another great guy to have would be James Sutherland. I mean, in addition to being a great person, he's a great shooter. We could probably use another shooter. Um, but there's a lot of good Syracuse guys, you know, Andy Routens, Chris Joseph, guys like that who we'd love to have. You know, maybe be a, and Brandon Trish, you know, he was actually probably going to play with us until he tore his ACL. So that was a bit of a bummer not to have him as well. Um, so I, besides one name uh, in Terminal Anthony, I don't know if I can give you one guy that I would love to have. You know, there's definitely some good Syracuse talent out there that didn't play this year that we would definitely welcome with open arms for next year. So we'll have to see. 
with an eye on 2016. Kevin, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Kevin Belby, who made the Bayheim's Army possible. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the program. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, Wes Gars. Great stuff from our friend Kevin Belby, and I'm really looking forward to the 2016 Bayheim's Army team. I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes, trying to stay cool in this hot week we're having. <laughs> Absolutely, a hot week on record. And Brad, you were at ACC kickoff last week, and the big news for the Orange is that Syracuse was picked sixth in the ACC Atlantic, basically dead last in the overall ACC do you think that's the right place for them? Certainly on paper, I do. Because when you base it off last season, which is what the media is doing and whatever they've read on each team in spring practice, which you really can't uh, gleam a lot out of from teams uh, going into summer workouts, I'd say it is fair because they're certainly you know, not going to be favored against Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville. Uh, NC State being a road game, not probably going to be favored in November uh, in that game. Uh, BC, probably a coin toss, two very evenly matched programs right there. And, of course, they beat Wake Forest last year, so they're picked ahead of the Demon Deacons. And we'll know a lot more about the strength of the Orange after just week two when Wake Forest comes in the Dome. But overall, for a preseason prediction, I think number six is the right slot. And you had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with Syracuse head coach Scott Schaefer, quarterback Terrell Hunt, linebacker Zaire Franklin, who are all down at ACC kickoff. What were their moods on being counted out of the ACC this year? I think there was a quiet confidence that came from both Coach Schaefer and the two players, Hunt and Franklin, that were on hand. They certainly knew that they could have lost the opener to Villanova last season and escaped, played well in that second game at Central Michigan, then did not play well when they needed to in game three against Maryland. Then Terrell Hunt gets hurt, and the season kind of uh, goes completely downhill from there. They kind of pointed out to all the injuries, all the bad luck, the bad circumstances, having now a new uh, offensive coordinator in Tim Lester and him implementing a system that all the players to a, a union believe is much better for the for the play for the playmakers and the, and the personnel on the offensive side. So quiet confidence. No, they have a young defense. But here's the other point, too, Wes. Both uh, Hunt and Franklin had said the same thing that Sean Hickey and Cam Lynch did the year before. The quality of athlete on campus in the program has steadily increased in the three years under Coach Shave. So I think that's certainly positive news that even these young players are going to get game experience quickly and develop just as fast in game action in the ACC. Well, you talk about some of the talent that Syracuse does have on its roster. But one guy they're not going to have this season is Ashton Broyle, who's dismissed from the Syracuse football team earlier this week. Brad, I thought when he came to campus, there was a lot of high hopes, a lot of hype around him. But what a bad ending to a really promising career. Yeah, you know, it happens. It certainly was a, a negative finish for him. And whenever there's a great player from New York State, especially from upstate close to Syracuse, that player is always going to get a lot of hype because everyone followed his high school career, especially if he was just an hour or two uh, away from Syracuse. And it happens. Players don't you know, uh, make it into the program for whatever reason. We've seen it all through the years for every school. And it's going to be time for the young players I alluded to you know, who, who are on campus and who've been in the program for two years to step up. And so we want to see guys like Yvonne 
and, and OC uh, contribute in the wide receiver spot this year to make up for losing someone like Boyd. But I really think that they're going to be okay, that these younger players, especially the wide receivers, are going to make a contribution this season. And, you know, Broyle filling also that hybrid position. And I think another guy you have to talk about is Herb Phillips, who's going to fill in, um, you know, was actually listed above Broyle in the depth chart. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. He had a very promising start to last year. And, Brad, there's another promising player coming in. Uh, Syracuse landing a huge commitment from defensive end Jamal Holloway. And Mo Neal is going to announce on Saturday between Syracuse and Wake Forest. Let's just say Neal chooses Syracuse. That's a very nice class headlined by Rex Culpepper, Robert Washington, Holloway, and then possibly Neal. I think it's the recruiting the Syracuse way in the 2015-16 version, where this coaching staff going way back to Coach Mack then to Coach Pasqualoni, not, uh, you know, not so much as Greg Robinson because he wasn't there that long. Doug Marone built the base now for Schaefer. You identify the player early in their high school career, who's going to fit the academic profile at Syracuse, who's going to fit the off-the-field character profile of a Syracuse football player, and then have the athletic talent to back it up to compete in the ACC. And I think they've just done a marvelous job in identifying that type of player in these uh, in this current recruiting cycle, and I guess in the next podcast we'll be talking about the decision or the fallout or the benefit of uh, Mo Neal's decision. So, Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts? Well, with uh, preseason football coming up August 9th, West, and then the opener before we know it on September 4th under new uh, AD Mark Coyle, I'm really interested to see how they're going to market the football team going into the season after the Fan Fest. We're still New York's college team, I presume. That's on the media guide. But really interested to see, depending how the season starts in September as well, how the athletic department is going to market not only the football program, but moving forward with the new regime and Mark Coyle in presenting itself to uh, Orange Nation and Orange fans everywhere. Absolutely, Brad. If you look at what Darryl Gross did, I think that slogan, New York's college team, came in under him and that was kind of his pet project. And now that he's out and coils in, it's very interesting to see whether that will continue. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse center Rakeem Christmas, who was traded to the Indiana Pacers over the weekend. He signed a four-year contract worth $4.5 million, and two of those years are guaranteed, so kudos to him. I think if anyone had asked you at this time last year whether Rakeem Christmas was an NBA player on the verge of getting a two-year contract, you probably would have said probably not. Right, Brad? That's right, and now he has a big admirer in Larry Bird. Not too bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> not too bad at all. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Jang reminding you that a know-it-all is a person who knows everything except for how annoying he is. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.